This episode involves conversations including domestic violence, sexual assault and suicide, which may be triggering for some listeners. If you or someone you know needs support, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the National Counselling Service on 1800 RESPECT, 1800 737 732. The Oxford English Dictionary definition of the word life. The condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. So it's like continual change till the day you die. You are listening to the Synergy Women podcast, brought to you by women's resilience coach, Nikki Hamilton. Nikki offers expertise in women's health and has an inspiring passion for helping women navigate through grief and life's challenges to help transform and build resilience with grace, courage, and authenticity. Each episode, she will explore an aspect of women's health, offering you insights on ways to build your body, your mind, and your heart health to help you rise up with resilience. In this episode, we will explore mind health for women. As a mindfulness meditation teacher and a Martini facilitator, Nikki loves helping women with their mind health. Okay, so welcome to the Synergy Women podcast, and I'm very, very excited to welcome our next guest, who is a resilience and wellbeing expert, who has spoken to over a thousand inspirational people over his time about how to maintain your health and wellbeing, through the good times and through the bad. Today, he'll pass on his secrets of their success, showing us how we can keep our peace of mind and stay healthy no matter what work or life throws at us. He's a pharmacist turned Australian comic of the year, turned award-winning speaker and author of 16 books who believes true success in business and happiness in life comes only when we put ourselves and our well-being first. Today he's going to tell us one simple fact about life that most people refuse to acknowledge, which causes incredible damage to our health. He's going to share with us a catchphrase you can remember to make sure you find the time for your health. He's going to share how to express a health goal that you can actually keep and also the most underrated way to build your resilience that is also the most fun. So please welcome this week's guest, Marty Wilson. Thanks so much for sharing some time with me today, Marty. Pleasure, Carl. Absolute pleasure to be here. I'm intrigued to be here. <laughs> intrigued. Yeah, well done. So obviously your um, key, one of your key interests is in health and well-being and building resilience. Yeah. And how has your journey sort of navigated you there? What's, what's happened in your journey to navigate you there? Well, probably all comes from, as you mentioned in the intro, the What I Wish I Knew book series that uh-huh. I've put out there. Um, I'm not giving it a gratuitous plug. They're almost all uh, out of print these days. I, 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 I haven't done a new one for about three years now. But because um, for that book series, uh, it's all about, I asked people if you could go back and give your younger self one bit of advice about whatever that book's about, what would it be? And there's, in just I guess coming from like a third generation pharmacist, married to a nurse whose brother's a GP, so I have like a, a very strong health and wellbeing background and emphasis. And so half of those books are about health and wellbeing. So like health and fitness, um, cancer, depression, type two diabetes, like sort of ones where the format works really well in those types of things that we all go through life completely unaware of a particular sphere of human existence, Mm. because we have no real need to. Mm. Then all of a sudden we get a diagnosis and we Mm. want to find out about that really, really quickly. Yes. And, but most of us 
don't have like a bank of experts no. that, that are surrounding us. And so my books serve as like a little fireside chat with people who have already been through what you're going through. That's right. And so I guess often now if we're hit with a diagnosis, we go straight to Google and do our best, but then we get all sorts of random answers yeah. through Wikipedia that don't necessarily... <laughs> Not necessarily uh, or an authentic way of understanding what's the journey actually going to be like mm. from someone who's had experience. So I guess... And that's the thing, sorry to cut you yeah, off, but, yeah. but um, uh, I think that's a really key part that you mentioned the journey. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think when people go to Google, they want, okay, what can I do in 17 seconds to fix that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than I have like... this life-threatening condition. <laughs> what can I do in 10 seconds? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And... and you know, and we don't want to go past the first page of results on Google rather than like have a, you know, spend a few hours having yeah. a look through and, and look for some, you know, uh, a time of recording. Mm. This is where um, at the tail end of coronavirus in Australia, the world is very much in it. And I think we've all learned that the stuff that's on the interwebs, chances are, isn't all true. No, that's right. You can find uh, anything to support whatever you believe if you yeah. type the right uh, question in. Yeah. So, so those books, I guess, do they then interview lots of people who have had their different journeys and yeah, they all so, share something. So for example, the one on depression um, that came from, and, and I'll, I'll talk about the story where it came from later, but I did that in collaboration with the Black Dog Institute, which oh, is Australia's yeah. biggest not-for-profit with mm. just zeroing in on depression. And so I got to speak with a dozen experts, a dozen mm. psychologists and psychiatrists, mm. including Gordon Parker, the guy who started it um, 30 years ago, and about 80 people who had 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 depression and were through it to some degree mm. or another and that's you know when, like you talk and mm. said it's a journey when it you is, have yeah. depression it's, it's not okay i'm cured now yeah. no yeah, yeah. um and and so yeah so i got in, in each of those books i interviewed some people that you would consider to be experts and also some lay people i suppose right. for want yeah, of a better yeah. expression to to get that flavor of how it feels like when you first find out, yes. you know, um, what are some first steps you can take, yes. you know, what's the long-term um, yes. uh, prognosis look like and all those types of questions that people really want. So like if they had an uncle and a cousin who had this, how would you have that conversation? A yeah, little yeah. fireside chat side to it rather than, yeah. you know, a strictly medical, this is what happens. Yeah. So each book then on what I wish I knew sort of has a combined professional opinion plus lay people mm. that can kind of put it together in a framework. Yeah, yeah. So what I wish I knew, how did, how did that, creating that book series, how did that shape your understanding of well-being and resilience? Well, I think, as you mentioned, for the book series, there's, there's all different topics, one on creating wealth, one on motherhood, mm -hmm. one on uh, love. Um, so not just about health and well-being, but I've, it's been, like writing the books, the boring bit, like it's mm. the interview bit. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. sure you love doing yeah. this podcast. Like yeah, it's yeah. the interviews that I really love. Yeah, yeah. And so I've got to speak to over a thousand amazing, like high-performing, high-achieving slash inspirational uh, people out there doing good stuff. Yeah. Um, people from all over the globe. And when you interview that many people about, basically it's like um, if you could give your younger self some advice. So it's sort of mm. how to get to your 80th birthday and be sitting there looking back on your time on earth thinking, you know what, I squeezed every last drop yeah. out of my time on awesome. earth. Like it's how to do life well yes. is basically what it's about. Yeah. And when you ask that many people that question, some familiar themes start coming up again and again mm. and again. And I would say if I interviewed a round number of a thousand people, 987 of them said health first. Like, look after your health first. Like, totally mm. unprompted, whether it was about creating wealth, whether it was mm. about love, whether it was about uh, uh, health and fitness. Everyone said, like, 
look after your health. Like nothing, nothing means anything no. if you don't have your health. Exactly. And and in uh, and that's not generally how most people live in no. today's world. Well, I think we take it for granted when we have our health, we assume that it's never going to be disrupted. Yeah, yeah. And when it is disrupted, it's like what? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just assume that. Well, that's one of the things I talk about because I, um, you mentioned I, I speak at corporates, um, mm. and and I, I in my keynotes. Uh, I talk about being resilient through times of change, like mm. through times of yes. transition. Mm. So I'm like, I've been really busy through COVID yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, in terms yeah, of that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> Sadly, no live, no live no, stuff, obviously. No, yeah. But 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 that's what it's like. You know, it's almost like we're indignant that things have changed. Like yes. it's just, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yes. <laughs> and one of the things I talk about in, in my keynotes is like, you have to accept that there will be tough times. Like yes. accept between now and your final days on earth, you are going to have some really shitty days, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and like, and and not begrudgingly tolerate them when they arrive. Like to yeah. say, okay, that's where I'm at now. Okay, yes. how am I going to get through yeah, that? Yeah. And I, I think one of the good things about COVID has actually been because normally, particularly in the workplace, we've all got stuff going on at mm. home. Like everyone has a home life. Mm. Um, like one of the things I say in my life keynote, it's like hands up anyone in the room who doesn't have any total dickheads in their extended family. <laughs> And never a hand goes up. There's never <laughs> anyone, time, <laughs> you know, our like alcoholic Uncle John, or you know, um, you know, like not somewhere. Yeah, yeah, like everyone has someone who is causing a ruckus in their family. Yeah, yeah. But with COVID, um, <clears throat> but sorry, it, it, we've normally got to come to work and put on the game face and, yes. and, and not really bring that to work. But with COVID, we're all going through it at the same time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I know it has been hard for some people's um, mental health, but. At least we can all talk about our biggest concern to everyone. Together, yeah. And that's a really healthy thing. Yeah, it is. Because often it is, like you say, if you are navigating a challenge at home that's not familiar to everyone else, you feel quite isolated. Yeah, like you're yeah. kind of running around trying to organise it yourself and try to put on a brave face for work. Mm-hmm. But at least during COVID, everyone's experiencing similar difficulties. Not necessarily exactly the same difficulties, but mm-hmm. similar difficulties. So we can all have a shared experience in that. I know, you know, in, in your workplace, you, know, you see a lot of different people every day and mm-hmm. I guarantee you can bond with anyone talking about yeah. um, isolation, homeschooling, all those things yeah, that, yeah, that's the, right. that we're all going through. It's instant rapport that's right. when you talk to people yeah. about those sort of things. That's right. So if you interviewed lots of those sort of inspiring people to develop the books, What I Wish I Knew, the key familiar topics that came up again and again were basically looking after your health as, as, a, as a primary step. Hmm. Anything else that sort of came up as a common Yeah, well, that's in, in, in your introduction, you talked about, um, and I find that the one key fact that I think most people refuse to understand rather than uh, don't get, I think mm. deep down everyone does get, and this is what I talk about in, in my corporate stuff, is that life is change. Yeah. And yep. when I'm saying that, mm. I'm not saying like, oh, is life full of change? Isn't yeah, change yeah. such a big part of life? <laughs> Sometimes no, it's a slap in the face. <laughs> is change. Yeah, like yeah, the Buddhists yeah. call it impermanence. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's only us in the West that call like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I can't hope I'm changing. And, and, I, and, I, hold up, and I hold up the, I, I facetiously raise my hand and say, okay, hold, hold your hand up. Who wants life? Put your hand up if you want life. Yeah, of course. So then you have to accept this. And I hold, hold a slide of the Oxford English Dictionary definition of the word life. 
which is the, con the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. Yes. So it's like continual change yeah. till the day you die. Yes, yes. And I think so many people mm. have this idea that using all the tricks of everything from modern plastic surgery through to fat diets to like they can mm. fool life and get out of the fact that life is changed. And I'm not casting nasturtiums of plastic no, no. surgery. It's, no, it's, no, no, no. It's more just like don't kid yourself. Like yeah. eventually the effects of all those things are going to run out and mm. you are going to get older. You're, you know, things about you are going to be different. Mm. And working on accepting that in a healthy way mm. is a far better long-term strategy mm. than I just want to look good for that party next week. Yeah. Or um, I want to make sure I fit into my bikini or my, mm. you know, the trendy new um, boardies that I've got or something mm. like that. You know, just that the idea that you can fight change. And I know how, you know, psychologists say it all, it's deeply rooted in our natural fear of death and, and mm. all that sort of thing. But it sort of ties in with this, the first thing I said about accepting there will be tough times. Like you mm. have to accept deep in your heart that things are going to be different. You're yeah. going to have some, everyone's going to have some illness yeah, between yeah. now and the time I die. Yeah. You know, uh, everyone's going to have like financial hardship, you know, relationship mm. breakdown, yeah. unexpected illness in your family. Like yeah. everyone has yeah. that. And so you've got to accept that. And then you can concentrate on the stuff that really matters, like getting your health from three to nine and a half, mm. rather than minus seven back up to two, where you yeah. can just function, mm. if that makes sense. Do you, do you think there's a way to help people accept that there's change coming in their lives or there will be change? Because even though it's, it's easy to say, oh, we should accept that there will be change. And kind of academically in your brain, you think, yes, I'll accept there's a change. But still when changes and, and difficulties arrive in your life, there's still this kind of like, what? Yeah, like absolutely. This so do you think there's a way uh, that people can help uh, develop their skills in acceptance, which I guess is in a way developing resilience to adapt to change. Do you mm. think there's some, there's some key things there that, that help people? Yeah, do? I mean, the, um, <clears throat> partly is uh, just awareness of it and awareness in a more gentle way, which is why I deliberately in my What I Wish I Knew books, I make them very much like a fireside chat yes. right, rather than you know a finger pointing. A lot mm. of quote unquote motivational, inspirational books are very finger pointy, do it this way or you're just an idiot. Yeah. Um, and, and I show, because people give advice to their younger selves in the books, I have a photo of that person when they were 18. Oh, that sounds so nice. So yeah, that yeah. it takes all the smugness out of, out yeah. of the advice, out of the of advice they give when they're wearing paisley flares and a, and a brutal <laughs> mullet and things like that. Yeah. Um, so th there's I was dressed as Madonna back then, so yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a great photo of my, uh, George Michael. Oh, yeah, George, I can with, see that. With the tips and yeah, the yeah, little yeah. cross ear. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> acid wash jeans and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, the, so there is um, just when you, firstly, when you look around you, and I strongly encourage people to dive into the library of talking books that we all have around us. Mm -hmm. like my, I see my What I Wish I Knew books as a metaphor for the fact that if we just drop our defences mm -hmm. and ask for help, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. then there's, yeah. there's people who are, you know, depending on what sphere of life you're talking about, whether it's, you know, finances, mm -hmm. health, relationships, it doesn't yeah. matter what part of life you're having problems with, 
there's people you know who are ahead of you in that area yes. and then behind you in other areas. Yes. Mm. So drop your effect. I, I um, the sort of genesis for the Wish I New books came to me when I was uh, when when we had uh, Ali and I we had our first uh, child over in the UK, mm. and I was walking around um, London with Kingston upon Thames for those mm-hmm. who know it listening. Um, with one of those baby beyond things, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, just walk around giving a uh, giving Ali a bit of a break, yeah. And uh, walked into Marks and Spencer, and this um, beautiful little old lady um, sitting behind the till in Marks and Spencer looked me up and down, must have picked me as a new dad in one, and just said, "You look tired." Like she, had, she, had, she had this voice <laughs> that's, like that's the look I was aiming for. But, but she just had this voice like imagine like um, a West Indian James Earl Jones, you know, like Mufasa from Lion King or something like yeah, that, yeah. coming out of this little old lady. And it was like she just flicked this wind switch on the back of my head. It's like, oh, you're doing it. You're doing it. Like, he's not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. The wife's not sleeping. And this lady was just grinning at me. Folded her arms, grinning at me. He's going, hmm, hmm. And I wasn't stopping her. Like, 150 books. He's nothing like the freaking books. I'm taking that She's opening the floodgates. In the end, she just held up her hand like this and just said, you weirdly crashes your car. Ah, right. Brings it into perspective. Yeah. And then... And then, uh, and so that moment, it's like, us, you know, because we all walk through life trying to kid ourselves mm. that we've got life sorting, like, mm. like, particularly us blokes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, women um, do it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't need your help. I've got life sorted. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm yes. fine. Or, or you know, um, I know the emphasis of this being on women, women in the workplace and sort of particularly women balancing mothers. I did mm. that book on motherhood, women, when they have a new baby, you know, feeling the need to convince the world that it's all going swimmingly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or just that I'm balancing things, I'm yeah. the one who can do everything, all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But my de- I was so tired, my defences were down, and mm. this lovely woman just picked me up and just mentored the bejesus yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. out of me. And that made me realise that, that thing I was saying, it doesn't matter what part of life, if you just look around you and keep your eyes open for people who are ahead of you yes. in that sphere... Mm. Drop your defences and mm. ask those people for help, like because mm. they they hand over the keys. Like success leaves clues, you know. Like mm. there's there's schoolboy errors, schoolgirl errors that everyone can make, and everyone makes if they haven't bothered. Because you know, three hundred years ago, your mum would hand down to you um, tips about that sort of stuff. Yes. But now we've all moved away, or yes. you know, your dad would hand tip, tips to you, or family members. Yes. We all live in a group, and the wisdom mm. is the you know the oral um, wisdom is passed down. Mm. And that's just not anymore. So I guess it's really a about understanding that change will happen. It's yep. inevitable. So yep. if you have a baby and think it's going to be an amazing experience, it will be, but you'll also be tired and there'll be changes around your own health with that. So accepting change, but then also being able to drop your defences and maybe be a bit authentic. And I think that helps with resilience is that, is that developing authenticity to say, do you know what, I'm actually struggling with this. Who out there knows something mm. that might be able to make help me take a step forward to where I want to be. And part of that is allowing yourself to be a bit vulnerable. Is that yeah, right? yeah, and, and leaving those horrible shoots behind. Like yeah, so I should many, be so this amazing woman that goes to the gym and juggles motherhood and a business and yeah, has yeah, a perfectly yeah. clean house and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. all of those things together. So, mm-hmm. so all of the shoots. Don't go away. We've got more Synergy Women coming up. But first, let's take a quick break. Would you like to learn more about the Rise Up Method and how it can help offer you a clear framework to overcome life's challenges? See our website, synergywomen.com.au. 
So the familiar themes that come up when you're talking with people in, in what I wish I knew were really A, looking after your health as, as a first step, being able to look around at other people as a kind of uh, a, a, a beacon of light to be able to help you move forward if someone's ahead of you in time and then being authentic and being able to ask for help if you need to. And the, the other thing, and, um, you, know, you mentioned in your introduction, particularly with respect to health and well-being mm -hmm. is when I, when I did my type 2 diabetes book I did that with Diabetes Australia mm -hmm. and I got to speak to this guy called Dave Guyatt and, mm -hmm. and Dave uh, when he left school he was 76 kilos and uh, he became a truck driver out of school five oh, years yeah. out of school he was 156 kilos oh so he was almost double his, his weight yeah, from yeah, school yeah. Mm. and he was driving along one day and uh, all the colour went from his vision his vision just went oh. all black and white and uh, I'm no optometrist, but no. that's not a good sign. No, and, it doesn't sound very good. And he drove straight to the doctor, mm. and uh, the the doctor had a look at him, did some tests and everything, and he just sort of went, about six months. Oh. And, and Dave said, what, like, six months will be gone? He said, no, you've got about six months, unless you change your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went home, and he said, I got the wheelie bin inside, dragged mm. my whole pantry into the yeah, wheelie yeah, bin. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, started again. And then uh, three years after that, he was down to, he lost all the weight that he had from school and he was down to his school weight. Mm -hmm. But the, the quote to his younger self was, um, and this is the, the quote that I say, like, if you, because so many of us say, yes, I must get healthy. I, yeah. I must lose those yeah, five yeah. kilos. I must yeah, move yeah. more and all that sort of thing. Dave says, Find time for health now, or soon you will be finding time for illness. Yes. Mm. And so it's that thing of, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of people come and see you about, oh, all of a sudden my back's just gone. Mm. Well, so what have you been doing for the last yeah. 10 years? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sitting in an office. Yeah, so, yeah. Do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's it, going to hurt. Yeah, like, yeah. It, so it's like health and well being takes time and it yes. takes effort. Yes. And, but if, if I say to you, okay, come along and see me three times a week for 30 minutes um, at these times, and they go, oh, I've got time for that. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you had a cancer diagnosis, if yes. you had, if yeah. you'd lost your kidneys and you were on dialysis, mm. you'd find the time. Yeah, the time. And it's like, why not find the time now mm. for a bit of health and fitness mm. rather than, like, because eventually, I love the way Dave uses the word will, eventually mm. you will. Be finding time for illness. Yes. So why not do it when it adds, you know, everything movement from, you know, long, um, sadly, my dad's um, falling prey to the Alzheimer's and that yes. sort of stuff. Like yeah. it, um, health and well-being prolongs any chance of Absolutely. dementia you have yeah. coming in. You know, mental health. Like yeah. I, I, um, I interviewed, remember Jane Fleming? She was an Olympic runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, I loved her. But she says, I run for vanity, but mainly I run for sanity. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it's just lovely that, you know, so why not put the effort in now because you know you're going to have to in 10 years yeah. if you don't or two years or, you know, and don't tell me you're surprised when yeah. all of a sudden the cosmic two by four hits you on the back of the head yeah. and you've got to work really hard to get back up to zero rather yeah. than getting from three to nine and a half, like yeah. we're saying. And what do you think, what are the reasons that people don't find time, do you think? If there's, because I hear that a lot. And, I, you know, a lot of health professionals do it as a physiotherapist. So I don't have time for exercise. I haven't had time to go to the supermarket and get a decent, high-quality diet or I haven't had time. What is it for you, do you think, that comes up that prevents people spending time on their health? 
I think you, you touched on it at the start. I, I think until we've had our first dose of mm, serious, um, yeah. serious, and sometimes that can be in our immediate sphere. Like I, I interviewed a guy, Jim Hunter, for my book on love, and he talked about uh, the, sadly his uh, wife passed away from cancer, mm. and he just completely changed the way he was living his life, and, yes. and when he ended up running a charity and, mm. and did all sorts of things, and he said, "But wouldn't it be wonderful?" If we could have that realization without living through the, the tragedy the first, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and and I think the whole premise of my books is faulty in that people are going to take this advice until they've had the cosmic two by four. Yeah, because right. I think um, sometimes it takes that shaft, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, because you know, and then I guess the it's it's like you know in, in the workplace when I talk to people, the change is always really sudden when all of a sudden people are saying, "Oh my goodness, why has everything changed in my workplace?" Where at home. <laughs> In, your, in our personal lives, the changes are always really slow. Gradual. Always yeah. really slow. And so when something big happens out of the blue, yeah. that is a real shock. And yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, oh, actually, hang on a sec. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so this... I can't, I mean, we've got some tips we can talk about, about once you've really committed to something, yes. how you can stick to it. But I haven't found the magic recipe to really get people to commit to it until they've had that cosmic two by yes. four in some way. So sometimes you need that kind of mm. smack in the face to go, hang on a minute, my health is not something that just is automatically taken for granted. It's something that I might need to do a little bit of work yeah, for. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really <laughs> very lucky, I, you know, the old quote, I come from good stock. Yeah. You know, um, my grandparents on my dad's side, I look a lot like my dad, I'm obviously a, a Wilson. Yeah. Um, they lived to like 96 and 92, yeah. and dad's 80, mum's 76, and yeah. they're both, you know, dad's, dad's brain, is, uh, his body's still very healthy. Yes. And so I come from good stock, and, and I, that's that's been me in the last, like, in the last couple of years, just the niggles are starting to come in in the body, like yeah. you know, playing too much rugby when I was young, was having an effect on the shoulder, and you know, just yeah. a bit of... It's all uh, coming back at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess, I mean, and I think about this as well with some of the work that I've done in the Rise Up Method is, is, is in helping women's resilience. We really, as a, as a base for health, we really need to look after our mind health, our body health, and our heart health, just as a base to be able to navigate the changes and challenges that come our way. Mm. And often it is the change and challenge that makes you realise, hmm, Actually, if I don't have this base of mm. health, like with my nutrition, with my sleep, with my exercise, these basic things, they're not mm. hard things. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a shame that for some reason we don't seem to make the time until something uh, challenging happens or comes our way. Well, that's one of the things I do draw out mm. when, when I do work with corporates. I um, ask them to go back and look over their lives and say, so, you know, when was there a time when you thought your whole world was caving in, mm. but it actually ended up either just showing you how tough a cookie you really are mm. or even became the making of you. Yes. And I would say 75 to 85% of people in the room have had some, um, you know, heart-stopping moment where they thought they were going over here and all um, uh, going one way, then all of a sudden, 180 degrees, life yeah. takes a serious turn on them. Mm. And But when they look back on it, like, you know, sometimes, you know, some really tragic things happen to people. And you can't say, well, that was the best thing that ever happened <laughs> no, to me. But, um, like, there's, like, I interviewed a lady, uh, Ingrid Paulson, for my book on love. And and uh, she had, she was estranged from her husband. And he came around one night and raped her. Mm. And the next day she was off at 
the uh, she was on Australia Story and everything, mm-hmm. and the next day she was offered the police reporting that he'd yeah. broken his ADO, yeah. and he came round to her house and killed the two kids and her dad. Oh and so she came home to that, mm-hmm. and and she says, look, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not glad it no, happened. No, no. Um, you know she since remarried and, and, mm. and, and everything but um, she said look I'm obviously not glad it happened but she's the way I love the way she described it she said I have this white hot diamond in my chest yes. that I know the worst thing that will ever happen to me in my life has already happened yes and and that gives me so much resilience and bravery and it, it's weird to say it but inner peace yeah because I got through that and I wow. built myself back up yeah, from no. that because she was pretty low after oh that. Oh my god! As, as yeah. um, I don't think many people would recover from that necessarily, yeah. and she's obviously been able to. Um, and she talked about because her sadly her brother um, ended his life when he when they were both young, yeah. and she drank herself into oblivion for about four years. Yeah, and, so and she's so, she learned from that um, that that doesn't um, help. No, that doesn't help, and, and <laughs> no. so. You know, um, on a much smaller scale, I ask people to share in my workshops and things like that, things that have happened to them. And there's some really lovely stories about, you know, people, you know, I thought the rug was pulling me, someone left yes. me, or, you know, personal tragedy, mm. or that sort of thing. But, you know, by honouring that person's memory or, you know, people turning that yes. into a good thing mm-hmm. um, has been a, an enormously positive, pivotal moment in mm-hmm. their lives. Yeah, no, exactly. And so uh, basically if there's any women listening at the moment that are going through a, a challenge where you're at the bottom of the ocean and thinking things are just not going to plan, mm-hmm. my life script is not what I thought it was going to be, know that there are many women that have navigated amazing challenges and somehow over a period of time have been able to navigate and turn that around and like that example of having the diamond inside Mm. i love that example it almost like i believe uh going through a challenge can almost almost polish that inner diamond and Mm. go do you know what i can get rid of this crap i can get rid of that take a deep breath this is where i am this is what i represent this is how i'm going to shine out and then get clear on what's actually important Mm. and and i think that's a beautiful thing that can come out of a life challenge but like and so one of the things i i, I would um, anyone listening to this firstly um if you know it was triggering what i just talked about mm. you know, please please get please lifeline yeah. um you yes. know there's some great places please reach out for help but also the reason i get people to look back on their life is what worked for you last time what yeah. helped yeah. last time look back on that yeah. incident or those incidents yeah. You know, what did you do? Like um, Ingrid Paulson said, she drank herself silly for a while. Like she knew that didn't work. No. So like yeah, what yeah. didn't work and what did work? So yeah. like what strategies yeah. did you stumble into or get advice yes. about that helped you get through some dramatic change and help you be more resilient last time Yes. and actively seek those this time? Yes. So part of it's reviewing your own life and knowing what's worked for you, but mm. then also I guess exploring something like what I wish I knew in your books gives you stories and anecdotes from other people about well this is what worked for me in mm. this particular circumstance and, and that, that's sort of the idea of doing that came from ali my wife who you know is a nurse yeah and after any major incident they had to do a debrief with oh, everyone yeah. involved and they yeah. talk about how we're going to manage that going forward yeah and yeah, get a new set of procedures yes for when that happens next time yes. and that's just a lovely way to look at any tough time you go through yes. do a debrief with everyone involved and say right 
And then if it's next time, yeah. what can we do to handle that better? Yes, and that's exactly exactly what I do in my own business with Synergy. Because mm. you know, if anything goes wrong in the business with procedures or anything, we basically then go, okay, yeah, error has happened. How do we restructure this and make a new procedure to kind of mean that next time this happens, we've mm. got a better policy or a better procedure or a better way of navigating this particular problem. Mm. Uh, and I guess that's applicable in business applicable in finances but applicable in your health your relationships and kind of any anything that you're navigating and so if you if you're thinking about just say someone listening to this is thinking right well i've got to get my health on track because ultimately that forms the base of resilience and if it's the most common thing that comes up after speaking to thousands of inspirational uh, people if that's the one thing that comes up in what i wish i knew from childhood i wish i looked after my health a little bit more that's the one thing what is it that can help us stick to our goals, do you think? Because um, it's, you know, I see this on news, news day resolutions, right? We all have this, right, I am going to eat better, lose five kilos, run every day, do yoga classes three times a week, and you write your list. Yeah. How is it that um, we can make these goals stick, do you think? First of all, I'd, I'd say investigate the science of setting goals. Mm-hmm. Like there's um, loads of really good books out there. There's one called Succeed by a lady called Heidi Grant Halverson. Mm-hmm. She's just done a massive meta study in how people achieve the goals they set out for themselves to achieve, whatever mm-hmm. that goal is. But um, the one that I thought I'd talk about today is be incredibly specific. So there was a, a, a study called The Christmas Letter um, that a guy did uh, about 20 years ago now where he said to students that I want you to write me, to write me a letter on Boxing Day, how your family spends Christmas Day. Just one page, just write me a letter and post it off. Mm-hmm. And um, the only count towards 5% of your mark, so mm-hmm. it's you know, possibly not that important. And he gave them this um, assignment as they left their final exams for the year. Half of the class, he said, I want you to tell me right now when and where you're going to write me that letter. Tell uh-huh. me exactly when and where you're going to write. To be really specific yeah. about when and where you're going to write that letter. Uh-huh. And so one, you know, one person said, okay, I'll be at mum and dad's house, I'll, be, I'll go in the den at 10.30 and I'll get it done, you know, yeah. punch it out. Mm-hmm. The, the people who are here, the half of the class who we asked um, mm-hmm. to do it were twice as likely to do that exercise. Yeah, right. Now, I'm sure, you know, um, someone who's done a lot of um, research in this, I'm sure, about having a, a statistical result as something being twice as likely in a, in a goal a huge... is massive, yeah, absolutely yeah, right. massive. And, and there have been a lot of studies following yeah, yeah. on after that, mm-hmm. that. So don't just say on your New Year's resolution, oh, I've got to get moving. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to lose some weight. Step one, lose weight. Step two, move. Great. Yeah, got yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, you know, um, and, and even just saying it out loud, you know, what do you think you're more likely to do? I follow up with, I've got to get moving or... Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to meet Nicole at her place. We're going to walk all at 5 a.m. Yes. We're going to work all the way no, around the springs. <laughs> okay. I'm more kind of Seven, in the morning. 7.30 a.m. We're going to walk all the way around Parisian Springs, around the avenue, like map yeah. out the roads, and then we're both going to go home and start our work days. Great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, it's just yeah. self-evident. Yeah, yeah. When you say that, you go... Oh yeah. That's actually a really good tip. Yeah, that's nothing that I that's something that I have not done. I've often written down goals and then broken it down as to what I want to do. But as far as if I think in my past history of news revolution uh, resolutions <laughs> around my health, it is this has always been I need to run more or I need to do a bit more yoga or I need to, you know, I don't know, 
and they all seem a bit vague, my, my goals. So being a bit more specific, I will run yeah. on a Wednesday at seven o'clock in the morning, not at five. Thank and, you. and it's that, um, uh, they call it um, implementation planning or like if then thinking. And so the way our brains work, if, if you say like, instead of saying, oh, you know, I really should talk to my, you know, my nine-year-old uh, Charlie uh, who's been diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. about three, four months ago. And we found that um, just connecting with him more, he feels more settled mm. and family life is more settled. And so if I say, I really should connect with Charlie more, it's just, yeah, not, yeah. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. If I say, every night at bedtime, mm-hmm. I'm going, we, now we call it our little chat. Yes. Um, um, when he goes to bed, I go in, at whatever time Charlie goes to bed, I go in and I spend five minutes talking to him to say you know, what went well today, you know, all those mm. things, just recapping the day. Mm. And then we have a cuddle and say hello. Yeah. And, and, and so when Charlie's going to bed, my mind goes, oh, yeah. I'll go chat to him. Yeah. Or it's like, it's if, like you, if you say, yeah, instead yeah. of saying, I need to call my mum more, um, or we say, I'm going to call my mum at 6 p.m. on Sunday night. 6pm yeah. Sunday night, your brain goes, oh, that's oh, right, I'll call them up. It's a trigger, yeah. It's, and I talk about that, I've talked about that in the past with our healthy habits, is that like when we brush our teeth, we know after breakfast we brush our teeth and after dinner we brush, and we've just had that trigger and we don't even need, it doesn't even take up brain space now to mm. brush your teeth. You don't have to think, oh, what have I got to do next? What is it? Hang on a minute. It, you, it, you're off, your, your mind space is free mm. of that decision and that, that action that helps with your teeth health because mm. you've just formulated a trigger that then starts to become and a scrolling momentum. And that's exactly right. And one of the, I think one of the key things about people not following up their health plans is what Professor Roy Baumeister calls decision fatigue. And so if you, that's maybe one quick tip, so if you want to do any exercise at all, anything, anything that requires you to make a decision to consciously give effort yes. to anything that's going to make you better at yes. anything like whether it be practicing violin or um, doing health do it in the morning yes because you have more neurotransmitters left in your brain that are involved in decision making oh that's good if yeah, you yeah. come home from work where you've yes. had to make decisions all day or you know you've been looking after kids you've done yes. dinner and they're like no please like and even yeah. that decision to manage your emotions and not go oh god don't. <laughs> um yeah. you know just Making decisions at the yes. end of the day, you are far less likely to exert conscious effort Interest. to do something that feels a bit hard. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. do it in the morning. So, and you, be really specific about what mornings you're going to do it. You've, you've got a finite amount of decision making capacity yeah. and willpower mm. throughout the day, and it kind of peters off toward the end of the day. Mm. Mean, at the end of the day, you've got not much left. Yeah. And you're more likely to sit yeah, on the couch. Uh, Roy Baumeister says, like, um, um, Willpower really is like a muscle, like you know, yes. it tires if you use it, and, and you can build it up. Yes, you. yes. So I guess helping build up that um, motivation and willpower is a good thing, but mm. knowing that in the mornings you're better off mm. um, making those decisions early and getting it done, and then that way when you are running low at the mm. end of the day, you're not then trying to look after your health as a last-minute afterthought yeah. rather than a priority. And you come in... And your husband or wife hands you, a, do, you want, do you want a glass of wine? I'm having a glass of wine. Said, yeah. Oh, oh. No, I've got to turn around and go to the gym, darling. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shiraz or the gym, Shiraz or the gym. Oh, it's 7 o'clock at night. I, can, I know where my thoughts would be going. So I guess um, the next question that I wanted to ask you is about uh, a couple of ways you think uh, are important to boost resilience. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, best, the best thing is uh, they're both fun. 
The first one is hang around with people. Human beings are very, very social animals. And and my wife had crippling postnatal depression Mm -hmm. after all three of our kids. Mm -hmm. That's where the depression book came from. Mm -hmm. They're like, one one time I came home from work and Ali just about uh, eight months after the birth of our third boy, Mm -hmm. Charlie, just burst into tears over the dinner table and just quietly slid across the table to me the goodbye letters that she'd written to myself and all three of our boys. Yeah. And again, you know, my, my apologies for anyone who's listening to this who yeah. finds this triggering. You know, please, please reach out and get some help. But you know, there were some pretty brutal conversations uh, that happened that mm. night. And and in the time after that, I asked her, and I, and I'd I'd learnt that this was a good thing uh, to ask when someone you know is struggling from depression. Mm. Don't ask how you can make it better. No. So, is there anything I can do that won't make it worse? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and she said two things. The first thing was um, we don't hang around with people anymore. Mm. We've stopped mi- mixing with people. Mm. And I and because she stopped wanting to. Yeah. yeah. And, and so she sort of quietly just said, look, just drag me out. Yeah. Once yeah. I'm there. I'm actually I'll, okay. I'll know I'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and I started to do that. And yeah. on the way home, she'd say, thanks very much. That was really great. Yeah. I would never have gone to that barbecue no. or whatever. Yeah. But it was really great. A bit Humans. like you're starting a car. It's like yeah, just, yeah. someone's got to help you to get, get over the line a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. and, and human beings, you know, um, isolation, like that's why COVID mm. has been so tough for some yeah. people. Like um, isolation is just the worst thing. Um, when when you're feeling under the pump, when you're feeling through, you're going through something big. Yeah, and I can say, and even from my own experience, I can say that most of the time women and men, if you're going through a challenge, whether it's a mental health challenge or a, a financial challenge or a challenge at work or a challenge with relationships or family, whatever it is, uh, it's a really common experience, I think, to actually want to isolate mm-hmm. yourself. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. do just close the door and, and, and go inwards uh, in an attempt to cope, but I, you know, often it doesn't necessarily... It's not necessarily the best thing to do. No, I mean, us blokes are bad at it and, mm. you know, and, and women are bad at it too. And, 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 you know, if you're listening to this and the person you love is doing that, then um, reach out to their friends and, yeah, and yeah. get them yeah, to reach yeah. in and, yeah, yeah. And, and that sort of stuff. And, and just a bit of, my friend, I love you exactly as you are. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. A, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been where you are. I'm yeah. feeling okay now, you know. Yeah. But let's yeah. let's just um, get people around you, or yeah. get people around them if if you have someone yeah. who's really struggling. And the other thing that Ali said, um, which from my background I absolutely love, she said we don't laugh anymore. Mm. She said, yeah, because back when I was a stand-up comic, she'd come along with me for the yeah, weekend, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we'd go and see live comedy all the time. Yeah. We'd schedule time to watch our favourite shows like QI and Graham Norton and, yeah, and those yeah, sort of yeah, things, yeah. and we just stopped. Yeah. And um, and there's massive, massive um, bank of research into how laughing at your problems is good for your resilience. Yes. Like it, um, it helps helps uh, reduce threats and yes. uh, reduce stress and reappraise threats. Yes. So it's like it flicks a switch in the back of your head that says mm. to your brain, well, if I can laugh at this, I must be bigger than it. Yes. I must have control over this to some degree yes. if I can take the piss out of it. Yeah. And, and that, you know, um, helps you, you know, build up resilience, helps yeah. you um, what they call, oh, what's the psychological term for it? Positive affect. It gives mm-hmm. you positive affect, which yes. is just cheerful. 
Yes. Uh, and so being able to deliberately go, and if you can't laugh at your problems yet, find ways to just laugh at stuff. Yes. You know, like COVID's been pretty tough, mm. but humanity's response to COVID has at times been freaking hilarious. It has <laughs> been. Some of the YouTube things that have come out, some of the com you know, comedians, it's actually been really, really something that's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like, just honestly, just um, if you're listening to this, Google funny homemade masks people have worn <laughs> and there's like people on public transport with those big water bottles that um you know workplaces have over their head and this yeah. and like this one guy was walking through a supermarket he had like a fennel bulb over his face and and this one guy had like a um well, like a Union Jack pair of undies over yeah. his face. Like, I've got nothing to entertain me, so I'll just put a Union Jack pair of undies on my face. Yes, yes. and you know, let alone like, like just search for best Zoom fails if, yeah, you're, yeah, if you're struggling yeah. with like being stuck at home. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, just um, any time you're struggling with an issue, Google search. Um, just like uh, what when my, my boys were quite into the. Um, Asia's soccer, was it the Asian Cup? Because um, we won it in 2014 uh -huh. mm -hmm. and in 2018, they were a bit upset because we got knocked out quite early. So we yeah. just bounced around the internet and just searched for like soccer fails, you know, um, worst, you know, worst um, soccer mistakes and that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever, whatever you're struggling with, yeah. just search for yeah. funny X videos yeah. on, on Google. Yeah. And I promise, and Ali said like, you know, she was still depressed. Of but, course, um, yeah, when yeah. We used to, but she said the clouds just started to lift just enough for her to start getting a bit of exercise, yeah, getting yeah. getting out in the sun, get the ball you know, like yeah. doing those things that she knew would add up to better health and well-being, yes. but just didn't quite yes. have the energy to get to. Yes. So, so getting around with friends, yeah. and you know, and that goes hand in hand um, yeah. with laughing at problems and, and that sort of stuff because we we naturally laugh more when we're with other people. That's it. And I have to laugh now because my husband routinely starts his day by watching a fail video. And I've always just like, why are you doing this? You're sitting there with your coffee watching fail videos. But that's how he starts his day. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's logic to his, what I perceive was his madness. It's actually a good thing for your resilience. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> um, that book, Man's Search for Meaning by yes. Victor Frankl. Yes. The quote uh, I love from that is, um, nothing in the human makeup is more able to... Humour more than anything else in the human makeup um, is the ability to rise above any situation, yes. even just for a few seconds. Yeah. And like, this is a psychologist, a very learned yes. man in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. Which is not so, a humorous situation no, really at all. Saying yeah. those around him that still managed to laugh yeah. were more likely to have survived. Yeah. And so they got through their troubles. Now, it was yes. also about finding their why and, and yes. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but just in terms of like, if, if I just think, if he can laugh in the middle of that, yes. I don't care what's happening in my life. Yes. I can deliberately try at least to get and have a giggle. <laughs> yeah, get out and have a giggle. Exactly. All right. So, so to kind of summarise for today, if you were to give women um, sort of three key tips to help given that you've spoken to so many people on health and well-being and, and, and their experiences and what they share with their younger selves. Mm. Three key tips uh, for women to help boost their resilience and boost their capacity to look after themselves as far as their health and well-being is concerned. What do you think those uh, three key things would be for you if you'd like to share? Sure. I'd, I'd say that golden rule of life is change. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, you know, things... 
things will decline and other things will um, raise. Like, you know, mm. this isn't, you aren't where you are now forever. Like, you yeah. have, to, ha you have yeah. to accept that, you know, parts of us slide south and yeah. but, but parts of us grow and develop at the same time. So, like, yes. life is change. Mm. Um, the second part of it is health and well-being takes effort. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah. when you're young, you know, you can uh, just coast through, but... If you're listening to this podcast, chances are that you've reached the point where it's going to take some effort. Mm -hmm. So find time to, mm -hmm. to look after yourself now or you'll be finding time for illness later. Mm -hmm. And the last one is that double-barreled thing of, you know, when things are going bad, deliberately make that effort to hang around with your friends mm -hmm. and deliberately choose to laugh at your problems. Yes. Find a way yes. to laugh at your problems. Yes, yes. I like that. Thank you so much. That's really... Great to uh, talk to you today. Where can sure. our listeners find out a bit more about you? Um, if you're listening to this and I guess if your workplace is going through a whole heap of change and you'd like some, someone to come along and help the people cope with that, um, my website is martinwilson.com. Mm -hmm. uh, so much for my all my keynote speaking. And yes. Stuff, and there? can they find out information about your books on your website as well? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, great. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks everybody for listening to the Synergy Women podcast. Yay. If you like what you've heard, it'd be great if you could rate and review this podcast from wherever you are listening. And don't forget to click subscribe so you'll be notified when we release our next episode.